Welcome to Simply Us. Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Sue. And we want to welcome you to the Simply Us podcast, episode 16. We are so excited to have you join us for this next stronghold. Now remember, negative strongholds are things that typically inhibit our relationship with God, ourselves, and even those around us. And when we find breakthrough in these areas, it really allows us to connect with God on a deeper level because we've mined out all these wrong beliefs we've had about ourselves and Him and our relationships. So we've done about six or seven episodes on negative strongholds. Am I right, Mom? Yeah, I, can, I can't believe it. But yes, we have. And it's been awesome. And we just wanted to let you know that we are planning on taking a little break from our podcast um, in December and January just to spend extended amount of time with our family and ourselves as we celebrate the holidays and get ready for a new year. But don't worry, <laughs> we will be back in February. Uh, so we're kind of looking forward to some time off and spending time with each other and yeah, the I can't wait for you season. to come. Yeah, she's gonna come to Michigan. We can be yeah. together. And so we just wanted to make sure that we're spending that time with each other. Mm-hmm. So today we are going to talk about our experiences with the negative stronghold of uh, soul ties. Now, mom, that is a weird word. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind explaining our definition of soul ties? Soul sure. Ties? Okay, so we have um, put this stronghold of soul ties into two different categories, and I think that will help you guys. So really, it's unhealthy relationships or healthy relationships. So if, if you think of it that way, maybe it won't be like so far out and bizarre. So let me just give you the definition of unhealthy soul ties. Um, they're extremely close relationships that have become distorted. And a distorted relationship leads us to become less than what God created us to be, causing us to live in those false identities that we've talked about over and over again, right? So our false identities with all the wrong beliefs and all the wrong actions, they then it hijacks our relationships. And that's what causes them to become unhealthy. So an unhealthy soul tie relationship produces lots of those negative emotions including jealousy, insecurity, and an excessive need to control and manipulate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so health, <laughs> I know, woo, right? So healthy friendships or healthy soul ties, on the other hand, are when we are bonded or attached to someone and the relationship is thriving. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says iron sharpens iron. Well, this soul tie can actually be a good thing and is intended to be a blessing from God to another person. We know that a healthy relationship centers on God and provides encouragement and allows us to stay in our true identities, living out of our God-reflected true selves. Woo! So those are the definitions. So you know, Aaron, we've talked about this. We've seen or experienced soul ties in child-parent relationships, in friendships, in sibling relationships, co-workers, and even within our spiritual communities. So the deeper that we dove into the stronghold, the more we began to recognize it everywhere, especially in stories, you know, even in stories we read about in the Bible. So Erin is going to just take a few minutes and jump in here and share what she's learned to help us fully grasp what a soul tie, a healthy one and an unhealthy one might look like. 
Yes. Go for it. I, well, we were deciding on Bible passages and relationships we were going to explore. And as I began to read, I got a few new insights of what a healthy and unhealthy soul tie might look like. And it was so interesting. I really had never read these stories through the lens of relationship, uh, healthy and unhealthy relationships. So I began my reading in 1 Samuel 18 to learn about the relationship between Jonathan and David. And then I journeyed over to Judges 16 to learn about the relationship between Samson and Delilah. Hmm. Um, and here are a few things that I learned when or discovered as I was studying. First off, I was looking like comparing and contrasting the relationships. Mm-hmm. And There's a teacher I, in you coming out. <laughs> well, as one thing that was super highlighted to me is both relationships were almost forged, began in fear. Wow. Um, Saul was afraid. Saul, who was Jonathan's father, was and the king of Israel, was afraid that David would overtake his popularity and his power. So David and John were becoming, or Jonathan were becoming friends, and but there was this fear of Saul trying to kill David because David, he saw David gaining a popularity. Mm-hmm. And then we see in Samson and Delilah's story that the Philistines were so afraid of Samson. And they were seeing Samson gain power, and they mm-hmm. feared losing power. And so they used Delilah to manipulate Samson. Mm-hmm. And I was so, as I was reading this story, my heart was really softened towards Delilah. Because yeah. I imagine what being a woman in these times was like and having very little authority and power over her own life and maybe having that feeling of powerlessness but right. participating anyway I that really resonated with me yeah um, but it also just as I was reading it got me thinking that difficult situations don't have to define the way we behave in relationships oh it's so we, good we can yeah. see in in David and Jonathan having a healthy relationship mm-hmm. it was forged in fear but it didn't allow them to become fearful towards each other right. or things like that as I was I started to reflect on my own life and mm. the difficult and painful or scary times that I've experienced and thinking about that through the lens of my relation, closest relationships. Mm. Did those scary times bring us closer? Was I able to remain in my true identity or did I leave and out of fear or self-protection quickly return return to a false identity? Did it mm. create a wedge between us? And And I think in my reflection, I was like, gosh, how I acted in those close relationships during difficult times, maybe that's an indicator of if this relationship is healthy or unhealthy. Oh, that's really good, Erin. How did not, we Yeah, how do yeah. you act or how do you react in yes. in situations in your relationship? Yeah, yeah and, and I didn't feel a sense of shame as I Maybe like, gosh, I, I didn't I acted in my false in this mm-hmm. relationship. But Yeah, because but, we know shame is not of God, no, right? It kind That's, of invigorated yeah. me to say, like, oh gosh, okay, this is I have some healing. Like it's I've got some healing to do and some mm-hmm. healing to partake in in these relationships. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I wanted to say that to listeners too, that in if you're looking at times that things that did scare you did happen, or that things that were difficult to overcome, a loss a change and you find these close relationships, you're going into your false, you're mm-hmm. it's trickling over and it's creating a wedge, that might be an indicator, like it is right. me, like, hey, some something's not right. Right. Yeah. 
So do I do want to dive in specifically to Jonathan and David's relationship because there was such beautiful things. And one of the things I noticed is that Jonathan and David called each other covenant friends. Mm-hmm. And this just means that God was brought into their relationship as they committed to each other as friends. They did it before God and he had a place in their relationship. It wasn't just the two of them. It was them and God. Yeah. And I, I loved reading some of the, I kept reading uh, and I love reading some of the past later passages about them. It says they wept together when they realized what Saul was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I love that these friends allowed their true feelings to be known to each other, and there wasn't shame or blame. They were real and honest and vulnerable with each other. Mm, that's and good. then I also noticed they both had a mutual selflessness. John, being the king's son, had more authority and control probably over David's life. He had access to Saul's inner circle and maybe even a voice with the king. And I love reading this because John Jonathan didn't weaponize his power. In fact, once he understood what Saul meant to harm David, he would care and protect him. And then as I read later, when David became king, he then used his authority as king to care for Jonathan's family and future generations. Like he, he too was selfless. He didn't punish them. He cared for them. Mm-hmm. Even I think he invited one of Jonathan's children to live with him or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, so I just, I took away from that one person seemingly have more power or control didn't threaten the other. Instead, they would lend their authority to the other. Yeah. And I thought that was just amazing. Right. And well, kind that's of, a well, picture of a, a healthy soul tie or a healthy relationship. Yes, those are beautiful things. And so then I went to the relationship of Samson and Delilah, and boy, did this relationship have (laughs) a ton of lies and manipulation on both parties, Mm -hmm. and that led to a definite lack of trust. Yeah. Both of them were kind of living in their false identities. And we can look at Samson, who had this superhuman strength. He was chosen by God, but I don't think he really even understood how unique he was. Yeah. Instead, he started fulfilling his own needs, playing games, finding women. And we see that his love for Delilah was kind of unhealthy. It would almost... I can almost think he was longing to have her fulfill something that probably only God could fulfill. And I then make the assumption maybe he wasn't fully able to accept God's love to make him complete. And he was looking for it in woman or sexual relationships. And that one hit home because I was like, ah, gosh. I looked at myself and like, how many times in my own relationships am I wanting them to long to fulfill something that only God oh, fulfill? Oh boy, that's good. Yeah, ouch. I know. <laughs> and maybe it's not in this context, but in right. other contexts, is right? Context. Well, hopefully not like Samson and Delilah. <laughs> but you know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and if we look at Delilah, we see that she didn't reciprocate the love Samson felt for her. But throughout the story, she was looking out for her own best interests. And again, I feel empathy for her because as a woman, it seems like men were using her or her body to get what they needed or wanted. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that because maybe that wasn't the first time this has happened to her, she probably has a lot of self-protection and fear and walls built up, Mm -hmm. uh, built up, causing her to live in her false. And 
what is even crazier is in the passage, after she convinces Samson to tell her the truth and passes it on to the Philistines, she's not mentioned in the story again. I know. I, I can't believe that. It's like she was used and... Discarded. Yeah. That's yeah. sad. I know. And as I, I read these stories, it gave me time to reflect on my own life, as I've kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I found myself taking a look at my own relationships, and I began to ask God, Oh, do I have an unhealthy soul tie here that has be, or is being formed or has formed and I'm living in it? Mm-hmm. And we wanted to give that also to the, our listeners, the ability to read the Bible and learn from it and see yourself in it. So my mom and I, well, my mom really, and I helped, created a soul tie study. And it's a Bible study based on these characters and their relationship. And it's a free resources for you, for, mm-hmm. for you. And during this study, we ask you to compare the healthy relationships we for yourself that we saw in David and Jonathan and the unhealthy codependency of Samson and Delilah. And you read through the stories, and we ask as you read, have a curious mind and an open spirit to see the insights that God may give you for your relationships and the people that in your life. Hmm. And it's really our prayer that if you do this study and that you download it and you read the passages and you do the journal entries, that that your strongholds can be broken too, and that truth is heard specifically for you. So you can grab this free download on our website. Just go to simplybepresent.com, and it should be there, all linked up, ready to download. (laughs) So mom, now that we've pointed out a few characteristics of healthy and unhealthy soul ties through these stories, but I was wondering, could you, what would it look like if you got into my head and, <laughs> or our listeners' heads or maybe I got enough going on in my own head. <laughs> so true. What would a scenario look like or what would the self-talk look like if you're having an unhealthy soul tie? Okay, that's this is good because I need like when I'm learning something new, I need someone to say, okay, it might look like this. So basically what I'm gonna do now is I'm just gonna read Um, some situations that might be happening in an unhealthy soul tie. So if you think to yourself, I'm drained by this person, all I want to do is disconnect with them, that might be a red flag. So these are going to be red flags that I'm going to bring up. Um, If you think I can't forgive him or her, memories are playing over and over in my mind and I can't let it go, you might have a red flag. Or if you think, I excessively wonder about this person or want to check on them, I rehearse what I'd like to say. You could have, (laughs) that could be a red flag. Okay, Um, I'm on pins and needles with anxiety or fear of saying the wrong thing when they enter the room. Or I'm plagued with insomnia and intrusive thoughts about him or her. Or I think he or she makes me feel like their problems are my fault. Or I avoid telling my possessive friend when I meet someone else for lunch, coffee, or other social activity. I feel responsible for this person's happiness. Or my well-being is dependent on another person's behavior. Or I'm numb over the severed relationship and I just can't move on. Or this, I know the Bible says sex outside of marriage is wrong, but I just can't seem to give this person up. So if you have, or if you're thinking, these are just a few, I mean, there's, you know, I don't know what's going on in your head either, but if, if, uh, like start paying attention to those thoughts to see if it will help, uh, help you to discover if you have an unhealthy soul tie. So once we discover that we have the, the soul tie, um, 
we want to not stay in it, right? Obvious. So, but there's just four things that we need to do. The first thing we need to do, and we're going to go through, Aaron's going to lead us through a prayer at the end, but I want to catch you, those of you who aren't staying on till the end, to let you, help you know what to do. Of course, we hope you're staying till the end, but okay, you need to number one, acknowledge it. Admit that you have this unhealthy relationship or connection. Accept what you know in your heart to be true. Okay, and the second thing is churn. Let go of dealing with this issue in your own strength and turn to God. Confess, tell him the truth about the wrongdoing on your part. And then third, replace. Swap the lies with God's truth. And four, listen. God will instruct you through scripture, through prayer, through godly counsel. In God's strength, the unhealthy tie can be broken. Yeah, and I wanted to give you guys a little image. I've I've had many unhealthy soul ties. I think I still have a few. And I, God gave me this picture. Because being in an unhealthy soul ties, it feels terrible. When I'm in one, I feel hopeless. Like my life's being dictated by someone else. Because I have the false. I go into my false feeling like my value is determined by someone else. And I had a situation where this was happening completely. And I felt really unliked by someone. And so in my false, I tried to work really hard to change what I perceived as dislike to have this individual love me. I wanted them to look at me and say all the things they liked about me and how valuable I was to them. And it became so important, but I ultimately felt miserable when I didn't get the praise or the affirmation I wanted from that person. So after so much misery, I asked God about me, about it, and he showed me that I had a soul tie with this person. And as I was praying, he put this image of an umbilical cord in my head, and it was connected to me and to this individual I had the soul tie with. And when I looked up, as I'm seeing we're connected, I watched life being slowly drained from this person. I watched their body and soul looked almost fatigued and empty. And myself, I felt completely unsatisfied and I just wanted more. But look at what this unhealthy connection was doing to this person. None of us were satisfied. I was depleting this person and I still wanted more. And all of a sudden, I just felt this like, you have to cut this off. It's harming the both of you. Mm. And so as I imagined myself cutting the umbilical cord, releasing both of us, I felt like Jesus was then saying, connect to me. Put your umbilical mm. cord to my belly button. What a I, picture. That's I so am good. the source of life. Like he calls mm. himself living water, the bread of life. I will not be drained by you. And in fact, I will affirm you the way you want to be affirmed. I affirmed. I will value you the way you desire to be valued. Mm -hmm. Connect with me. And honestly, the picture was life-changing. It was years ago, and I still remember it. Um, That's so good. I think that... um for all of us who are just listened to your story, that's so powerful. Like, I don't think I'm going to forget it, you know, because know. I'm going to share now um, a soul tie that I had, but I didn't have a picture. Like, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Well, so, and it was so changing because it, it really motivated me when I saw the other person being drained. Yeah. And I yes. then asked God, how many times have I done this to other people? Yeah. And it, he mm. showed me images of people from my past or my childhood that I had really 
drained because I was wanting from them what they weren't able to give me. Wow, that's really good. That's really good because once you get plugged into him, your umbilical cords with him, then all your relationships will be healthy. Or mm-hmm. so, all right. So my when I was doing this way back, in uh, you know, way back when when I was learning all this stuff, I was surprised because we've been saying soul ties are with you know a coworker, a whatever you know relationship. So it's always with one person. So when I asked Jesus about my if I had any soul ties, um, he gave me a picture of two people in my life that popped into my mind. And I wondered what that had to do with soul ties, because here I was trying to look for one per, you know, in your mind, mm-hmm. in your heart, I'm trying to sift through and see if there's any person and then two people pop up. And so I was like, what is this? I don't get it. But then I started to think about their relationship with each other. The two of them were extremely close. And when I thought about it then, when I sat there with Jesus, I realized that when I was with the the other two, I always felt like I was just on the fringe of the relationship. Like, and if I'm totally honest, I often felt excluded and distant when 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 I was with them. And yet at the same time, I felt obligated to maintain a connection. So I I think just that I could sense I was already going into my false, right? Because I'm feeling on the fringe, I'm feeling left out and stuff. So um, it shouldn't have surprised me, but it did surprised me to the core to realize that I did have a soul tie with them. So I had an unhealthy need to be accepted by them because I still long for them to notice me. You know, it was that root lie in our false identity. We have these root lies of abandonment and it caused me to cling to them in this unhealthy bond. And the funny thing was that when they did try to include me, um, this is how messed up our false identities are. They, When they would try to include me, I would push them away because I wanted to reject them like I felt they had rejected me. So all of this was coming again for my false identity and my need to control the scenario and punish them for, for the hurt they had caused me. So messed up. But you guys, you know the truth is that, at um, well, the truth is at this time, I didn't think I really knew I didn't really think I knew what a healthy relationship was or what it even looked like. You know, growing up, we all do the best that we can in our relationships based on what we've learned at home. And it's often how we navigate then when we leave our home with our friendships, our coworker relationships, even our siblings when we're in the home. And when we're taught unhealthy patterns, but we think they are healthy because it's all we know, For example, we might just believe all relationships are supposed to leave you feeling insecure or jealous or angry, that we're supposed to always compete with each other, put each other down, self-protect, and on and on it goes. So for me in this particular relationship, I was in a cycle where I was becoming less than the person God created me to be because I was relying on them to fill that hole that only God could fill. Kind of like how you mentioned about Samson, right? Mm -hmm. So the truth is that when we're plugged into God, like we keep saying, he is the one who shows us what healthy looks like. We model him. Man, he showed it through David and Jonathan, like you just talked about, Aaron, and he showed it through his relationship with Jesus while he was on the earth. And and over and over again throughout scripture, he points us to Jesus as he's the restorer of our relationship with God our Father. And once we receive this beautiful transaction of grace, we're capable to restore relationships on earth as they are in heaven. So I just think that's so cool. But the funny thing is for me, in my relationship with these two people, they had no idea any of this was going on because it wasn't really about them at all. It was about me and the brokenness I still had to be released from in order to be set free. 
And so I said the releasing prayer. And it, and it seems, you know, it's just so simple, yet it's so powerful. This is the prayer. I sever or I cut off the unhealthy tie I have with my friends and myself. I cancel this bond, this unhealthy attachment, and look to you, Father, to you, Jesus, for restoration. Man, what a tr- transformation God works in your heart and mind, Aaron, and in mine. And so it's so true. When we stay connected to him, we're actually soul tied to him, to our father in heaven and all the rest of our relationships, you guys, they're just going to all fall into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we wanted to lead you through a little prayer using the four steps my mom said, but using some imagery and pictures too. And we want to acknowledge, turn, replace, and listen. So I'll walk you through it, but you can check us out the show notes on our website if you'd like to do it at a later time. We're going to put all our prayers there. And as we begin to pray, remember, you can hear the voice of God. You really just need to believe and know that God's voice is kind and loving, and even the correction given is gentle. And if you're hearing otherwise, know that That's really not the voice of God, and it may be something else trickling in. So stop, recenter, and restart. So God, would you bring to our minds the person or the people that we have an unhealthy relationship with or where a soul tie has started to form? And remember, God can speak through anything. Try not to limit or bypass a feeling or image or thought that you're having. And remember, sometimes a soul tie can be with people like parents or siblings, friends, spouses, romantic relationships, but they can also be bigger than that. It can be with an organization or a church or something like that. So when you feel like something or someone has come to your mind, Say this, Jesus, please forgive me for the part, take responsibility and be specific, tell God the truth. So Jesus, forgive me for the part I have or had in this unhealthy relationship with and name it. There's so much power in saying it out loud. Now imagine with me that you too have an umbilical cord outside of your mother's womb. And it's now attached to the person with whom or the what you have an unhealthy relationship with. You two are connected. I want you to take notice of the feelings that bubble up as you imagine these things. What do you feel like? What does it feel like to be connected to this person or thing? I, I encourage you to, as you're journaling, write down or say these feelings out loud. Now, as you still have this image of you and the person connected, let's imagine this. Where is Jesus? Is he close? Is he far? Look to him. What does he do? Now remember, this moment is going to be different for each of us. It doesn't have to look like a story my mom or I shared. It can be unique to you. God speaks to us, and it's really familiar. He can use all things past and all things present. So as you're looking to Jesus, remember that this part is not in your own strength. The beauty of Jesus is he will use his strength on behalf of you. 
turn to him. He will do this. He has already done this for you. Ask him to sever this soul tie. As he's severing this soul tie, I see the lies just coming out of the umbilical cord. The things that you believed about yourself or God, those negative emotions are bubbling up and they are coming out of the severed soul tie. And I'm going to ask that you now ask him to connect with him. Put your umbilical cord to Jesus And let's ask him to replace those lies that we saw fly away with truth. What does he want to tell you in these moments? As he's sharing these things with you, as the thoughts are coming to your mind, stay curious. Continue to ask him questions. If you have any doubt or unbelief bubbling up, that is okay. Just tell him. If you're going back to a difficult time and you feel like you want to fight him about not being connected to this person or this individual or the hurt you've experienced, your thoughts are valuable, your hurt is valid, tell it to Jesus. If you don't think like today you can sever that soul tie, that's okay. Bring it to Jesus. Tell him what you are feeling. Tell him the truth. If you can break your soul tie today, if you have severed it, listen to God. Ask him, what do you want me to know? What should I do now that I am connected to you and free from the soul tie in this relationship? What happens with this relationship now? And I know God's going to give you steps to take or something to do. And we just ask, be obedient to him. Listen to him. And he is loving. He won't do things to harm you. And so, God, I want to thank you for the truth that you've given us. Thank you for holding us close. And I'm just so grateful that you are not far away from us, that you're experiencing this. That when we are experiencing this soul tie, God, I just get this image that you are close to us as you are close to the person we have a soul tie with, that you are here and you see the good and the true in us. You see us both through the lens of our true identity. I'm so grateful for that. You don't hold us to the things we have done wrong. You don't see us as someone who is, as someone who is, hurt others. You don't see us as someone who is in our false God. You see us as our true and see our potential. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for that, God. Thank you for this truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. So good. Well, and I just wanted to say too, you guys, relationships are hard and Mm -hmm. healing from relationships what you've learned or maybe the relationships you've experienced is difficult and really don't take it lightly. And we wanted to just communicate here. If you have, if you're feeling something stirred up that feels overwhelming, this is a great place to get started. It's a great place to bring God in, but we and this podcast are no replacement for professional help. So if you're feeling like I need to get 
I got some stuff I gotta heal and I need an unbiased third party, please seek out professional yes. counseling. That's good. Good advice, Erin. Yeah. Yeah. We love sharing. Right. We love the way God works, but we're not professionals. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We want you to be able to start that journey if it goes much deeper. Right. So start the journey with a professional who can really help you walk through this, Mm -hmm. this area because, Yeah. um, Yeah. So you guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be taking a break, like Erin said, for the month of December and January. And so what that means um, is that we're not going to be airing episodes in January or February. We're not going to be sending out our monthly newsletter. And we're really going to try to, you know, not connect on social media. That being said, um, if you do need something in the meantime, we are still here. You know, it's like we're not going on a two-month vacation to, uh, I don't know, Fiji. <laughs> I wish. But so you can reach out to us at hello at simplybepresent.com. And then um, we will be happy, you know, to get back with you if there's if you're having a question about all this stuff that you're going through, you know, once you get mm-hmm. into it. So um, we want to just say uh, from our family to yours, have a wonderful holiday season and we'll talk to you in we'll have our episode ready for you again in February. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye bye.